The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what I did was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Happy Friday, even if it's Friday the 13th. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today, a spooky edition of Fantasy Football Today. If you are uh, very spooky, if you are a Jonathan Taylor manager or A.J. Brown, really, even Derrick Henry wasn't so great for fantasy. It's funny, you face Derrick Henry and he has a 100-yard game and you're like, whew, survive that one. Well, anyway, welcome to the show. We're going to preview six NFC home games and review last night's games. Good morning, everyone. Jamie, how are you? You mean it's not good if Derrick Henry lines up as a fullback for Deontay Foreman who scores a touchdown? <laughs> well, how many how many times like and I, you know, Schrager and I were talking a little trash because I t- I got to tell you what Schrager did a little bit later. Just one of the dirtiest moves that's ever been done to me twice in one season, by the way. But uh, he said, Derrick Henry's coming for you tonight. So I knew I was playing against him. And you just, there were so many hold your breath moments. And they all worked out. He didn't score. It was it was wonderful. Hooray, there, Dave. There hooray. was also a hold your breath moment when he was grabbing his shoulder on the sideline too. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. yeah. No, that was not good. But hopefully he's fine. Uh, hi, Dave. What's up, dude? Not much. Um, we're going to get your thoughts on in- Indianapolis throttling Tennessee but first which team trivia question folks which team leads the NFL in yards per play on offense most yards per play yards per play yeah I will guess I bet it's something weird like Minnesota because it's not yards per pass or something like that and we know that we've seen a lot of big plays from from the Vikings over the course of the year. It's a, it's a shot in the dark. Probably not the right one. I'm going to say New Orleans. Dave Richard, ladies and gentlemen, he nailed it. I swear it. to God. He Didn't nailed cheat. it. That was really impressive. I'm going to give you the, you. the applause. You. I got something right. Yay. Minnesota leads the NFL in yards per play. I was looking at the Rams-Seahawks matchup. The Seahawks are second in yards per play. They're first in scoring. The Rams on defense are... I think first in scoring and second in yards per play or switch that. But you're talking about statistically best offense versus best defense, basically. Uh, we'll preview that game. Of course, you got to look at the Rams competition. They've they've basically beat up on the NFC East. Uh, all right, let's go to the uh, Colts-Titans game. 34-17, Tennessee dealing with uh, some more injuries on the offensive line. Roger, Roger Saffold was in and out. Um, you know, this, so that's a, that's a tough spot for them right now. But, uh, Jamie, I'll start with you. What's like a... What's a bigger takeaway from this game? Naheem Hines' career game or Michael Pittman's emergence with seven catches for 101 yards? And Hines had uh, 12 carries, five catches. He had 70 rushing yards, 45 receiving yards, and he scored two touchdowns. What's a bigger story for you? The bigger story for me is I need to check every primetime game whenever a player has their birthday. Because yeah. on Monday, it was Jacoby Myers. <laughs> yeah. On Thursday, it was Naheem Hines. So we'll find out whose uh, who's birthday is Sunday night. Um 
Well, there, there's one other thing because Chris Towers already looked into this. It was both of their Jacoby Myers and uh, Naeem Hines, both of their 24th birthdays. So, oh, nice. uh, next 24. week, next week is Juju Smith Schuster's 24th birthday. Okay, here we go. Start of the week. We already determined he's your start of the week. Nice, love it. <laughs> um, Naeem Hines. I mean, you know, Michael Pittman is, uh, it, you know, based on this offense, you know, he could be their lead receiver. Would not shock me by any stretch. But uh, if Naeem Hines gets this type of workload, I mean. This is what we were hoping for Jonathan Taylor. We were hoping for maybe Jordan Wilkins if he stepped in this role. You know, we, we failed to mention throughout the last couple of weeks as uh, Jonathan Taylor's been struggling that maybe Naeem Hines just takes over and, and becomes their lead guy. And, you know, Tom Rathman is the one that's in charge of that. They made that pretty clear that he's the determining factor of which running back plays the most. And after watching the way Hines played last night and probably as much as Jonathan Taylor and Jordan Wilkins continue to struggle, uh, why would you not play that guy more? Are you sure it wasn't Trent Richardson's birthday yesterday? <laughs> I thought maybe Taylor and Wilkins were paying homage to Trent Richardson with the way that they were playing, and that's why they, you know, I, were so bad. I, I mean, obviously, Look, you can't start Jonathan Taylor until further no, notice. Obviously, and you can drop Jordan Wilkins. And I am positive that the Colts are going to do this hot hand thing, and they're going to roll through all three just to see who's doing the best. And guess what? Naheem Hines is 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 the best, but. I'm sure they're worried about him holding up because he's a small guy. But so what? Use him in the passing game a little bit more. They they started the game with a pass to Jonathan Taylor. I thought, oh, wow, yeah, maybe I this know. is a game where they try and get Jonathan Taylor going on the edges. He'd been a little bit more successful there. And then they lose their friggin' minds when they get near the goal line. They they gave Jordan Wilkins a couple of, like, fourth and one carries. He's been terrible at those types of carries. They Not gave Taylor one. Line, but also in the middle. They gave Taylor two short yardage carries, and he... He was was he the one who was in on the turnover on downs? I know he had a goal line carry and he got stuffed. He had the goal line carry and then it was Wilkins. Then it was the Wilkins on downs, right? And then uh, Tennessee got the ball. The no, one. Yeah, no, so the other was... the other turnover on down. Uh, oh no, wait. Earlier in the game, they went for it on fourth and one, and Taylor picked it up. Right, I think right. Okay, so they were both used. They were they, all used. They short seemed yardage. to trust Taylor more in that role than Wilkins, which is why I was surprised that Wilkins got a try. Like coming into the game, he only had six in the last two seasons in that type of situation. Yeah. He was terrible at it. It was. It was just. I don't know. Maybe they're. Not, maybe they're just not as brilliant of coaches as we thought they were in Indianapolis. Well, uh, for, how about Pittman? Uh, Jamie had a couple of catches over seventeen yards. <laughs> that was. Dave had a great streak. A Thursday night player prop streak, six in a row. He was going for seven in a row. And uh, he went with Michael Pittman under, what was it, under 17 yards? Under 17 and a half yards is his longest catch. And he, <laughs> he blew through that in the first half, man. He was, and I'm happy to see it. You know, it's it sucks that I lost my streak, but we'll start another one. It's more important that Michael Pittman had this breakout game. Hopefully he keeps it going, man, because he could end up being a very good piece for fantasy. Can I tell you, can I read the tweet that I sent you? Because it's pretty funny. What? The one from Nick. Oh no! What that Nick did? Nick had the opposite side, right? Well, yeah, Nick. Like Dave was. Dave texted me. He was like, "Streak over after Pittman." I didn't went text over. it. I tweeted it. Oh, but you also texted it to me as did streak I? Okay. Yeah, uh, after Pittman went over seventeen and a half, and then I was just on Twitter and I saw Nick Costos, who's now doing a lot of gambling stuff. Pleased to announce, we have already cashed the hashtag. <laughs> That's what I get for going against Nick. Favorite prop yeah, tonight: I get, I Michael get. Pittman over receiving yards. He's he's uh, he's calling himself the prop king. And uh, he, I, I'm on a text chain with him that um, with Will Brinson as well, and they go back and forth for about like 50 props that they're in every week, and then they celebrate or commiserate 
at the end of the day every night. And yeah. so uh, by by the first quarter, there was a lot of celebrating going on because they were Will was all over Naeem Hines. He usually is because he's an NC State yeah. guy. Yep. Um, <laughs> they uh, they're both like Pittman. I, I like Pittman as well. Um, they were they were both upset. I told them play Hilton over because I think it was like 37 yards or something like that. Uh, they were upset about not playing that one. Um, I forget the other props that, that you know the one I was upset about, Adam. Uh huh. Rodrigo Blankenship. Rodrigo Blankenship over one and a half field goals. Okay, let's wrap up the first half. this game here, and we'll get to start or sit for these six NFC home games. And and also, this might be the kind of week where you're starting players that you never thought you'd be starting. So we'll give you some kind of uh, flyers, I guess we could say. Uh, for the Titans, Dave, Tannehill with only 11 fantasy points and somehow only 27 pass attempts, even though they lost by 17. Henry was fine. He just didn't score. Uh, A.J. Brown. I, I perhaps the entire game changes if he catches that ball and mm-hmm. runs it in for a long touchdown. He had one catch on four targets, and now like his yards in seven games are uh, 39, 82, 58, 153, 24, 101, 21, 20, or no, one. I probably, it's just probably just a typo. Well, yeah, I mean, I, the numbers you need to read are his 21, targets 21. in every game, which is 8, 9, 7, 8, 7, 9, 4. Mm-hmm. He, he had half as many targets as he normally gets. Okay. Xavier Rhodes, good job. Uh, all right. And what do you think about and Corey he got Davis? beat up in the game. What do you think about Corey Davis? Led the team in receiving. First off, tragic story with him. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. The fact that he played is, is, you know, kudos to him. Mike Grable was praising him, his teammates for supporting him. Um, you know, just awful situation. His older brother passed away from cancer. 27, 27 years old. 27. Yeah. Just awful. Um, you know, he's, uh, he, he's, he, I guess you, you just sort of look at the body of work for the season, right? So he was great in the beginning part of the year. And then the last two weeks have been bad when the defenses have been tougher. And so I think the one thing that we're going to find out, and, you know, I mean, you've heard me say this for a few weeks now, since Taylor Lewan's absence, Ryan Tannehill's numbers have not been the same. And so, you know, part of that is playing Pittsburgh, Chicago, and Indianapolis right. in three of the four games. Um, so take that into account. But you know, when they're facing some tougher competition, you know, it's going to be harder for these guys to put up the same type of numbers. It's, it's, it's really a credit to Derrick Henry that he got the numbers that he got against this defense because their defense is awesome, especially with Roger Saffold going in and out of the lineup with his ankle injury. So, you know, if they lose Saffold and, and who knows what his status is going to be, you know, extra time now from between now and week 10, week 11, excuse me, um, that could be a problem, you know, for, for this entire offense. So, Tannehill, I think, is hands off until, you know, you, you start to see a little bit better production from him and a better matchup. And, you know, for Davis, I think he's just a borderline number three receiver at best. And drop Johnny Smith. Second game with a touchdown, but... You want to talk about another big play that they missed? I mean, Tannehill missed him on a yeah. wide-open play down the field. That yeah. would have been a huge gain as well. Well, are, I'm you, a are you done with him or what? By the six targets, okay. but you don't have to hold on to Johnny. Okay. Yeah, and the schedule at the next two games are, are at Baltimore and at Indianapolis. So we knew this was a rough stretch for Tannehill. The good news is the schedule is good to finish. Cleveland, Jacksonville, Detroit, and then at Green Bay. Hold on. The problem is, is if you if you do cut Janu, what's your plan at tight end? Like if he's your second tight end and you cut him, that's fine. But if he's your only tight end and you're going to cut him, you're basically streaming the position. Maybe I, I think if you wanted to cut Janu and you had a good tight end to go with in place of him, that's fine. But I'm 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 pumping the brakes on what I just said. I mean, the fact that he's still scoring touchdowns, they're using him in creative ways. 
Yeah, I mean, so here, just, just I'm, not, I'm, I'm not ready to say that you should cut him. His roster percentage is 85%. So he was, I, I'm, I'm going to assume after the first three weeks was near 100 uh, or in the 90s. And his start percentage is at 48%. So clearly there are plenty of people that have John New Smith that have a second tight end. So he's cuttable. Okay, let's uh, promote a few things. Watch CBS Sports HQ Monday through Friday, noon Eastern. And if you missed that noon show, you can watch it on demand on the CBS Sports app on OTT devices. Go to the CBS Sports app on your smart TV and scroll down until you see the familiar faces of the FFT crew. Um, And, of course, Sunday, 8.30 a.m., we have the FFT and 5 episode out. 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., CBS Sports HQ is going to give you all the info you need. And noon Eastern on Twitch, twitch.com slash FFToday will answer your questions. We do have our mailbag that we're recording today, airing tomorrow. Ben Gretsch is joining us on the mailbag. So that's going to be awesome. And uh, let's talk about some more stuff here. The weather. Two games to check the weather on. Jacksonville at Green Bay and Houston at Cleveland. Those are the two big ones, right? Yep. So it could be windy. It could be about 20-mile-per-hour wind. A few weeks ago when we had all that bad weather, it was worse than that. But I don't know. Is there anything to say right now, or should we just keep an eye on it? Is there, are I mean, there- Rodgers was fine in his bad game. Now, part of it was when the wind came through in this game against Minnesota. So he didn't have an issue. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't worry about that side of it. You know, you, you could be a little bit concerned about Jacksonville, you know, but Jake Luton played at Oregon State. I'm going to guess he probably played in some bad weather, some bad wind. So... Hopefully that's fine for him. Um, is the weather bad at Oregon? Is I'm going to guess he's played in some bad weather games. <laughs> okay, but we know, but but we know that 20 plus mile per hour wind is bad. Yeah, for passing I mean, games. it's 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 problematic. Uh, right now, the wind schedule. Well, it's getting worse. Uh, it was 19 miles an hour yesterday in for Sunday in Cleveland. Now it's uh, scheduled to be 23 miles an hour. So. Um, we saw it the last time with the Browns. Their passing game was awful against the Raiders. And you got to wonder about, worry about, the, you know, the Texans guys because, you know, the, the, those throws downfield to Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller, you know, as we saw last week, you know, Cooks could take a short one and go, oh, my God, it got worse in Green Bay. <laughs> 26 miles an hour now is scheduled for on, on Sunday. Yeah. Well, I, I think I gave that stat about all those wide receivers who have crushed Jacksonville, but I don't see how you could – like I said, this is a week where you might have to take a flyer on some players. I don't see how you could do it on Alan Lazard or MVS if there's 25 mile per hour winds. It just would feel like such a Hail Mary. Somewhat pun intended there. Um, And then like, yeah, I mean, Baker Mayfield, if you have to stream, this this would be, for me, this would be the easy way to go with Nick Foles over Baker Mayfield in my two quarterback league, you know? Yeah. Tiebreaker with the wind. Uh, So yesterday we're doing Twitch. And Ben Schrager is always watching and helping produce and whatnot. And I said to uh, Frank and Chris when I was on Twitch, I said, you got to see the team I'm running out there against Ben Schrager. It is horrible. I got injuries. I got buys. My my two starting running backs and my flex at the moment are Daryl Henderson, um, Cordero Patterson, and Justin Jackson, who's probably not going to play. I might have to flex like Jordan Reed. So... Frank and Chris are like, is Troy Main Pope available? And the first was like, is Matt Breida available? I'm like, no. Is Troy Main Pope available? Yes. So I go to pick up Troy Main Pope, and I got Vanderesht. I go to pick him up, and it says Troy Main Pope is not a free agent. So what did somebody? What just happened? Did somebody just pick him up? Ben Schrager picked up Troy Main Pope. <laughs> 
as I said it on Twitch, he's listening. He picks him up. He blocks me from getting Troy Main Pope. And I think he already dropped him. Like, it, that is such a jerk move. That is the meanest thing Ben Schrager has done in his, like, two years here. Why Why didn't you learn your lesson and just make the move before you said it? Well, we were talking it out. We were talking it out. You know, they came up with the idea. Take, pick up Troy but Main Pope. said, you know, ah, I don't want to play Troy Main Pope. I didn't think that Ben Schrager would do something disgusting like that. You at least start Leighton Van Der Esch. He just did this. Every week. To, to, He's been great. Has he? <laughs> yeah. Since Damn, that first week. The, the egregious move is dropping him right away. I have a question. Who's the commissioner of that league? Jamie. Gotta be me. Yeah. I would appeal to the commissioner. I think it was it really clear, dirty. It, make it clear that he didn't keep Tremaine Pope on his roster. Did he keep him on his roster for even 12 hours? He, I didn't know that he dropped him. He told... Uh, he said he was going to drop him. Like he, that is his okay. intention: is just to put if him he, back on. If waivers. he hangs on to him through the weekend, then absolutely, there's nothing you can do. He's got the. But right you can drop him Sunday. That that's do. fine. That's such you a. You don't dirty think move. that that's a okay? I guess you're right, but like if he picks him up and then drops him soon after just to block Adam, I think that's that's nasty. Well, I'm fine with people blocking you know opponents. You, you can you do that, keep but him. you got to keep him on your roster if you're going to block him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a little yeah, but. At the, but like just to, to hear me say it and then go do it, I was really messed up. I'm not. I'm never talking about my teams again, <laughs> which is good news for everyone. Okay, injuries, news, and notes. Proud of you, Ben. Good job. Joe Mixon <laughs> missed practice, so uh, yeah. Geo Geo is going. If Geo plays, he's going to be a top. Or if Geo starts, rather, he's going to be a top blank running back at Pittsburgh. I want to give uh, credit to. I can't find his name. I'll tell you in a second. He's like a top twenty running back. Thank you for answering the question. You're Jamie welcome. Jamie did not even come close. Well, he, he, I know that Jamie's about to, but he wants to catch something. Give credit to... I can't find it. Okay. Daryl Henderson is going to play. Enrico Palazzo, he gets the credit. You'd start... Well, what, what were you going to say, Jamie? Yeah, I have, I have no idea. Um, I would start uh, Giovanni Bernard as a number two running back. Over Daryl Henderson? Yes. I don't like Daryl Henderson. All right, let's look at the Seahawks running backs. Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde mispracticed. Travis Homer was limited with a knee issue. So we'll keep an eye on that. Hopefully Carson, we really weren't expecting Carson to practice at this point. Uh, so we'll see if he practices today. And we'll preview that game later. Uh, but let's say Daryl Henderson is starting for the Rams and DJ Dallas is starting for the Seahawks. Who, do you, who would you prefer? Henderson, barely. But I don't like either guy this week. I got a good stat on Henderson. Uh, I, I, I'll I'll save it for you. If he doesn't score touchdowns, he stinks. Yes, but yeah, but the same could be said of DJ. Yeah, I agreed. <laughs> right, but but here's the stat: his throughout his last game, left with the injury. Three yep. games before that, I think he had 14 to 16 carries. Mm -hmm. I want to say there have been three. It's my stat of the game, but there have been three running backs or four running backs with that many carries against the Seahawks, and three of them have scored. So there's that, you know, you get a high scoring game. It's a Daryl That's Henderson. That's what I'm banking on. There have, been, there have been four running backs, sorry, four running backs with 14 to 17 carries against the Seahawks. Three of them have scored. The problem is that he's not guaranteed those short yardage touchdowns. We've seen Malcolm Brown jump in, and earlier this year, Cam Akers had that role. Mm -hmm. uh, I just, I like the fact that he's a running back with 15 touch potential in what should be a, a moderately high scoring game. It's weird that that game's under 50 in the over under. Right. It's it's definitely not going to be... I don't expect it to be the highest scoring game of the week, but it should be up there. That is uh, I was going to give credit to uh, Ben Baby 
I just wanted to make sure that was his name. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Who covers the Bengals for ESPN? Uh, he's changed his name to Joe Mixon Update Count on Twitter. <laughs> people just keep asking about Joe Mixon. I thought it was very funny. All right, let's fly for the notes here. Mark Ingram missed practice. So he's practiced on Wednesday. He missed it on Thursday. We'll see if that was a maintenance thing or what. Uh, Kenyon Drake has been limited in practice. We don't know if he's going to play, but we certainly would like Chase Edmonds if Kenyon Drake is out. Allen Robinson was limited with a knee issue. Hopefully that's not serious. TJ Hawkinson, though, he missed practice with a toe injury. And they could be down Galladay and Hawkinson. And Hawkinson is currently the number two tight end in the rankings. He has a great matchup, and he's been playing really well. Irv Smith has a groin injury. He may not play at Chicago. Some defensive stuff. Tredavious White has an ankle injury. I think he's going to play at Arizona. Jeremy Chin, safety for the Carolina Panthers, expected to play this week. Uh, and so is, I think, Ali Marpet, the uh, best lineman for the Bucks. He practiced on Wednesday. I didn't see Thursday, but I think he's trending in the right direction. Alshon Jeffrey is probably going to play this week. Should we pick him up? Beat the waiver wire? If you have an open roster spot, it's not a bad idea. Just see what happens. Would you rather have Jalen Rager or Alshon Jeffrey? Probably I, Rager. I, I think there's more upside with Rager now that Fulgham has assumed that number one role. But, I mean, Carson Wentz loves Alshon Jeffrey, so who knows? Hey, Dave, what kind of a sick fantasy analyst would be excited about a starting running back getting hurt? Goldman! I'm not excited. But Devontae Freeman did leave practice re-aggravated his ankle injury, so it could be gall man time against Philadelphia. Two big inj- or COVID notes for the Dolphins. Defensive tackle Christian Wilkins and linebacker Kyle Van Noy are both on the reserve COVID list. They may not play this week. Uh, that would be, if, if you're going to take a flyer on, I don't know, Troy Main Pope or something like that, that might help his chances. Why not Kalen Balazs? He's rostered in that league, I believe. <laughs> uh, or if not, Ben will pick him up. The weekend is going to headline the Super Bowl halftime show. The weekend. Uh, safety Buda Baker for the Cardinals dealing with a groin injury. Wait, we, should, we, should, we should rehash what happened on HQ yesterday. Oh, that was great. I, so yeah. we're in the middle of the segment. I get a G-chat from our producer, Mayron Burks, and says, hey, we're going to go just at the end of the segment, breaking news that the weekend is going to be the halftime show for the Super Bowl. So I quickly start looking at weekend songs because I don't know any weekend songs. And... I'm like, I, I I don't even know what to reference because I couldn't find anything that was like something that I would know. So I'm like, I'm just going to put this on Adam and Heath because it's easier that way. So we go breaking news. <laughs> I get the Super Bowl wrong. I say Super Bowl 54 when it's 55. And then I said, <laughs> Heath, what's your favorite weekend? <laughs> you did? I don't even remember that. Yeah. And I, I said something like, Heath, you love the weekend, right? Oh, and yeah, goes, that's better. Yeah. He goes, yeah, love it. Can't wait. Adam, what about you? Excited about the weekend? <laughs> and then I said uh, I was upset because I submitted my audition tape for the Super Bowl halftime yes, show. You, they, you, they you saved the segment with your job. No, I, mean, I know who the weekend is. He was actually in... Uh, I he, know who the weekend is, too. I just don't know who the weekend is. He was in Uncut Gems, actually, which is a pretty solid movie. All right. I am so desperate. I can't believe I have to pick up this guy. Who would you recommend if you, we need a deep league flyer or just a I'm in bye week slash injury hell flyer? Troy Main Pope. Yeah, yeah. Not uh, Savan Ahmed. Okay. Yeah, I could, t- I could try him, I guess. Is Balaj too highly owned? No. I don't think I just so. wonder what they're going to do if they're going to have all, all of them active. I bet, I bet they're wondering what they're going to do because it, what, what, are, what are everybody's roles going to be if there's no Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly has been terrible? 
are they really going to keep using Joshua Kelly even for like a fraction of the snaps? It's it's preposterous. Well, I mean, you just got through talking about how bad the Colts coaching decisions have been. I mean, coaches stick with the guys <laughs> that they tend to trust. And so if there's a trust factor with Joshua Kelly, even if he's not doing the right things in the games, he's maybe doing the right things in practice. So I'm going to guess he's one of their three running backs. The question is, is Balazs one of their three running backs? You know, so um, we'll see. It's 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 certainly interesting because, you know, last week they had three guys active when with Pope uh, out. You yep. would assume Balazs is going to be on the active roster, but does that mean he's playing the snaps that he played last week or is that Pope playing those snaps? So it's very it's very interesting. I, I would probably lean to toward Pope. To go with one of them. I'd lean toward Pope. Uh, I have the two of them in a dynasty league that they were available, so I picked them both up this week because I'm in bi-week and injury health. And so if Pope's active, I'm going to play Pope over Pelosi. Uh Danny Amendola, seven or more targets in three or four games without Kenny, Kenny Galladay. Mm-hmm. It's a tough matchup, but, uh, you know, you, they'll take seven targets, especially if Hawkinson's out. Mm-hmm. I am going to start Josh Reynolds in a league. He's the deep threat for the, uh, like, eight. The if you look at average depth of target, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are around eight yards, and Josh Reynolds is over 13 yards, maybe even 14 yards. So He's giving you eight PPR points each of his past three. Yeah, so you're hoping, you're just hoping he catches a long touchdown or something like that. Hey, what about David Moore? Yeah, he's always... Because he's been kind of like their version of Josh Reynolds. Mm -hmm. Same thing, eight PPR points in each of his past three. Brian Schottenheimer told me yesterday they expect to see Jalen Ramsey on DK Metcalf, which is probably not a big surprise. But the last time that happened, it was Tyler Lockett just going completely nuts. But mm-hmm. I think you've seen D- uh, David Moore two of the last three games he scored a touchdown. So that's not a bad call at all. When you said the last time that happened, you are talking about just an elite the quarterback. Arizona game, yeah, the Arizona. Yeah. Right. Patrick Peterson, right. Uh, and that is why I have Lockett in my FanDuel lineup instead yeah. of Metcalf. And I think that is why Jamie has Lockett ranked higher than Metcalf this week. Yes. All right, so those are just some names for you there. Um, I'm sure there are more. Check the rankings. Beat the waiver wire. Not a great week, but if you want to stash some players, check out LaMichael P. Ryan. He's at the Chargers next week. Horrible run defense, and they said they're going to feature him. Report. Or, uh, report. Right, right. Sorry. One report said they were going to feature him. Alan Lazard, I keep saying, even though matchup not great next week at the Colts. Oh, no. Are they at the Colts next week? Yes. Okay. Yes. Teddy Bridgewater against Detroit. Oh, Austin Hooper is still not rostered enough. Packers have the Colts, then the Bears, then the Eagles. Their next three games. That's not good. Well, hopefully Lazard plays this week, and hopefully they build a dome over the stadium. (laughs) Get rid of that wind. Austin Hooper's up to 64%, but still, I mean, he's got the potential to be like an 80% guy. Chargers DST against the Jets. Andy Dalton at Minnesota. Not a great week. Bills, Bears, Giants, Niners. Look at those juggernaut offenses. I'm by. Jeffrey, Alshon. I mean, just to get enough. Yeah, I'm sure I'm forgetting some players. But all right. Uh, here's, oh, Debo. Well, you're going into a bye. Eh. All right. Start O meter. Last three games we'll preview Washington, Detroit, Minnesota, Chicago, and Seattle, and the Rams. So uh, how about Antonio Gibson, 0-10 to 10 against one of the worst rush defenses in football? Eight. Nine and a half. And J.D. McKissick? Nine and a half in Seven PPR. Seven in PPR. Uh, five in non-PPR. Well, Jamie, who, obviously Dave would go with Gibson over McKissick in PPR. How about you, Jamie? 
Yeah, you think you have to just based on this. This is one of those games where they can be playing with the lead. You know, anytime there's the setup for him. I'll go back to the Dallas game. I referenced the same thing. You know, McKissick was coming off the big game against the Giants, and he looked like he was the better of the two. But I thought they were going to hang with Dallas and potentially beat them. Then Gibson was awesome. All right. On the other side of the ball, DeAndre Swift. This is actually fairly solid run defense here. It's fairly solid defense for the for the football team. DeAndre Swift. Like Swift, I don't love him, so I'll say he's a seven. Eight. How would you rank the three running backs in that game? Gibson, Swift, McKissick, and non-PPR, and it's closer in PPR, but I still would play Swift over um, McKissick and PPR. Okay. I've got Swift at the top, then Gibson, then McKissick. Here's my Marvin Jones stat. Marvin Jones has four touchdown catches in four games without Galladay, including when Galladay got hurt. The football team has given up three touchdown catches to wide receivers all season. Kenny Galladay, or uh, Marvin Jones, 0-10. to Three. One and a half. So then Amendola. One. Um, Amendola in PPR is uh, three also, and um, zero in non-PPR. Logan Thomas. Six. Okay. Um, How about... Minnesota at Chicago. The thing about Logan Thomas is we saw some guys get healthy for Washington. And so, you know, who knows how much that's going to impact his targets. I know his targets went up. I'm just looking long-term. Okay, Minnesota at Chicago. uh, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Uh, Six for Thielen, four for Jefferson. Yep. Okay. How about... How about a tight end? How about a Vikings tight end? The Bears... What is it? They've given up a touchdown in like three straight games to a tight touchdown end? Touchdown to a tight end each of their past three. And uh, before that, 96 yards to Tampa Bay's tight end in week five. So this is not the team to trust them. You're, just, you're right. just hoping for a tight a touchdown. And if Irv Smith doesn't play, who's starting Kyle Rudolph? Yeah, that would be in the I'm so desperate, I can't believe I have to pick up this guy. Yeah. Okay. Still a good stash, but we're, we're just waiting for the target volume to be more reliable. New uh, Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Four. I think he'll be okay, but, you know, it's it's just the trust factor. So, um, you know, two straight games with over 20 fantasy points. You know, Minnesota's defense is not good. They're yep. going to probably be chasing points. So, you know, he, he'll probably be in that 18-point range. So I'll say he's like a three or four, but uh, it wouldn't shock me if he's 20 or more again. Each of the past five teams to play Minnesota have thrown for two touchdowns. Four of them have had a quarterback with 24-plus fantasy points. But it's Nick Foles. Would you start Bridgewater or Foles? I have Teddy higher. Uh, Fulf. Okay, how about a running a Bears running back? No, zero. Not unless it's Montgomery. Okay, who who do you think it would be? I mean, if I'm in like a 14 team, totally screwed league. I mean, at this point, you got to lean toward Patterson. But I'm going to check if there's any news on Lamar Miller if they're going to promote him. Okay, and yeah, there's two two stories that just right away uh, Bears could turn to Lamar Miller. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. And how about like Darnell Mooney or Anthony Miller? Yeah, I'd be choking up about the Bears too. Um, <laughs> Desperation receivers. Yeah, Mooney over Miller at this point, you know. So hopefully the targets still continue to be there for him. But you know, it's just not a very the the Vikings are just going to control the ball as much as they possibly can. That's just the the, the way that these games go. So uh, the only thing I think you could feel comfortable about it is Allen Robinson showed up on the injury report with an, with a I think his knee injury. Yeah. Um, if he misses the game for any reason, then those two guys become much more attractive. But I think it's just Robinson and Graham 
really for me. Uh, Bears have allowed the Titans to score 12 PPR points in three straight games. So, you know, Graham has got six targets or more in four straight games. Yep. He, he's, to me, the safest number two receiving option, which says a lot because he's not very safe. Miller leads the Bears in targets over their past two games. He's got 19. Yeah, the last three, I think it is, both Miller and Mooney have more targets than Robinson. Both guys have 24, and Robinson's at 20. But again, he left that fourth quarter um, against New Orleans, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Okay. And as far as Seattle and the Rams go, uh, you know, the, the passing games, you're going to start the uh, primary players there. We already said David Moore, Josh Reynolds, these guys are flyers if, you need, if you're desperate. Jared Goff is top 10. He's the start of the week. We'll talk about him. And uh, tight ends, any interest in a tight end in that game? Again, it's high scoring. It's, it's a scenario that, you know, Goff, we saw 61 pass attempts the last time he was out there. Um, he's, he's probably going to be north of 40. It all depends on, you know, which of the two they, they want to feature. Uh, Everett seemed to have been a little bit more involved in the last several weeks. So the fact that they're both going to get targets, it's, it's going to take a touchdown for either one. So they're in the desperation play for me. Cool. All right. Tampa Bay at Carolina. We already talked about the running backs, Daryl Henderson and uh, potentially DJ Dallas. They're not great options, but Henderson, you know, Dave likes the opportunity there to get 15 Homer carries. Homer is a desperation play. Yeah. He also is on the injury yeah. report, but it might just be maintenance. Uh, okay. Doesn't sound good for Hyde and, and no, they haven't Carson. been practicing. Yeah, and if Carson plays, obviously you start him, right? Yes, and please stop tweeting at him and and say he's 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 not happy. <laughs> like <laughs> what? What? He? You think he doesn't want to play? Like I don't get why people say you're screw you're ruining my fantasy team. Get out there! I mean, come on. I don't get why people do most things that they do. So that's why Twitter Twitter and I have a, a pretty it's it's like a dissolving relationship. Uh, Tampa Bay at Carolina. Here we go. All right, this is a fun game. I hope, anyway. At least fun game to preview. Because here's your stat of the game. Every wide receiver that's had 60 or more yards against the Panthers this year had double-digit targets. Okay? If you didn't get double-digit targets, you didn't get 60 or more yards. Some single-digit target receivers had touchdowns, but only one of them had double-digit fantasy points in non-PPR. So basically, and that was Deontay Harris... Basically, you need double-digit targets. So far this year, you have needed it to have a good game against Carolina as a wide receiver. And that just doesn't really happen on the Bucks. So how many of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this star-studded offense, do you feel comfortable starting this week? I'm starting Chris Godwin because I think, you know, the shake the rust off game, he should continue to be the target leader. And I'm going to start Mike Evans next because of Bruce Arians complaining about Tom Brady not finding him open. So he's a borderline number two receiver. But I, I think we have to get past the top 24 receivers as the only guys that you're starting. So he's in that, you know, 30 to 35 range. I'm sorry, 25 to 35 range. And a guy you could still consider starting. Clearly better in non-PPR than PPR based on the, the stats you've seen from him when Chris Godwin's on the field. He's touchdown dependent. Um, I'm still starting Rob Gronkowski because he's – been fantastic should have had a touchdown last week you know ball hit his, hits him in the hands in the end zone he's more often than not going to come down with that and that's still a guy that tom brady trusts i'm not starting antonio brown but i could see people going back to him in three receiver leagues with the hope that just at his first game and maybe there's better things to come mm-hmm. we'll get to the Evans wasn't the too. only one who was open ab was getting open a bunch too and brady was just missing him i almost feel like that comment that bruce made was about brady not getting the job done more so evans getting the job done and I would imagine, look, it, this is a much better matchup. The pass rush is going to be a lot softer. 
the offensive line will be better fortified for Tampa Bay if Marpet's there. And and Brady should be back on his game. But Godwin's the only one I think you can reliably trust because we know the targets will be there. It feels like the targets will be there. And Evans, touchdown or bust, more more so than ever. And Brown, you've just you kind of got to be thin at receiver or flex to go with him. Okay. I mean, the thing about Godwin is he has he doesn't have double digit targets once this year, and he had six targets last week with Antonio Brown playing and with them running the ball five five times. Uh, now Bruce Arians already said he wants fewer snaps for Antonio Brown because that means they'll be running the ball more. Uh, that was an interesting comment. Doesn't inspire much confidence in Antonio Brown this week, I guess. But um, how would you rank the uh, Bucks wide receivers compared to the Panthers wide receivers? This, this whole game is is uh, some tough start-sit conundrums, I think. I'm going to go Godwin 1, Anderson 2, Evans 3, Samuel 4, DJ Moore 5. Antonio Brown six. And the only reason I would say Samuel over DJ Moore. Moore is a better player. I hope Moore has better stats, better production. But the fact that they're giving him carries. So he is going to potentially touch the ball 10 times. And anytime you get a wide receiver that's doing that, you have to trust that there's going to be some semblance of a chance to make plays. Whereas you've seen from DJ Moore, was it five targets his last two games? He had uh, six targets against Atlanta and three targets at Kansas City. The five catches the last two games, maybe. Four catches. I'm. I mean, I might be a little off, but I am for four catches on nine no, targets right. in his last yep. two games. It's just. It's just frustrating. I mean, it's what six targets or less, and like four of his last five. It's just not. That is. Actually, is, is that really what he is, though? <laughs> it's actually six targets or less in like six of his last seven, or something like is that. Is that yeah. what he is? No, it's what that, he is in this offense in 2020, though. Yeah. Robbie Anderson's the clear-cut number one guy, and I agree. The thing you got to look at is okay. The last time these two teams met. Teddy Bridgewater threw the ball 49 times. That's the saving grace for all these guys. All the receivers played well. Yep. But is he going to throw the ball 49 times again? He's had two games this year above 40 pass attempts. One of those games, DJ Moore was great. One of those games, he wasn't. How many of these wide receivers would you start ahead of Mike Davis? Zero. Yeah, none. And he- I know, And I know Mike Davis hasn't been great, and part of that has been because of Curtis Samuel. Taking work. Curtis Samuel has kind of ruined everybody in Carolina, except himself. But Davis, <laughs> I, I, I don't think you've got any choice but to use him because of the volume that he gets. The thing, the thing about Samuel is he was getting carries right away. You know, they were giving him carries the minute that McCaffrey went down. It, it's just his production has gotten better the last couple of games. And so, is it a matter of okay, he's understanding how to play running back better? Is it a matter of they're scheming things up better for him uh, to get him some you know high level touches? But I think the thing with Davis is, you know, you got to hope that we get back to the pass catching Davis that we saw at the start of this. That's the thing that changed toward the end of this. He had five catches last week with McCaffrey on the field, you know? So the first game when they played Tampa again, 49 pass attempts for Bridgewater, he had eight catches coming off the bench. It was basically all in the fourth quarter. I think it's Mm -hmm. seven catches in the fourth quarter. Yes. Yes. And so, you know, that was the, the thing that made Davis so attractive in those first three games after McCaffrey. And then the catches just kind of disappeared. So he'll st- he's still going to be their carry leader. It's not going to be Curtis Samuel coming in and getting double digits and carries. He's basically been three carries a week. Samuel has. Davis has to be five-plus catches for you to get good production out of him and then whatever he does as a rusher because it's not going to be great on the ground. No, it's not. I mean, you know, this Tampa Bay, deep, 
the Tampa Bay run defense has been tremendous all year. It has been a little bit worse since losing Vita Vea, but still really, really good. Um, and then you have to. And now work- they're pissed off. Yeah, they are. And now you have to worry about Samuel maybe getting the goal line touches because we on Twitch last night, Jacob Gibbs mentioned that recently. Mike Davis has not been getting carries in the red zone. It's been like all Curtis Samuel. And it hasn't been enough of a sample size to know if that's legit or if, that, if, that's, a, if that's by design or just coincidence. Because it's not like Samuel's getting seven carries. He's getting three, four carries a game. Uh, but he has lately been getting the red zone target. So, uh, you would mean you coaches being creative in the red zone and short area stuff is something that the NFL should do? But it's not just that. <laughs> I mean, you remember he scored from like the seven yard line. It wasn't a creative play. They just gave him an inside handoff and he no, ran up the middle. No, but it's a creative. Scored. You see, you see now, you know, potentially four to five or six pass catchers on the field because Samuel's lined up in the backfield. Yeah, you know, not that Mike Davis isn't, but that's a, just a it's it's a different look for a defense. So it's not about where he's lining up. It's about who he is lining up there. Okay. It's his speed more than anything else. It's it's the speed and the versatility. If you're going with Mike Davis over all of the wide receivers, what about Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette, who, who, you know, could have a big game because Carolina, they want to run the ball at Tampa Bay and Carolina's run defense is bad. You need Ronald Jones to score because he's been bad in the games that Leonard Fournette has finished. So it's, it's that three game sample size for Ronald Jones is, has been, the only time that he's been extremely productive because in the games that Leonard Fournette has played, they've been on the field together for six times. Jones in those six games is averaging 7.8 PPR points per game. It's miserable. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely miserable. And so, you know, the, the fumble two games ago, you throw out everything last week for both those guys, but you know, at least Fournette was catching passes. So if Carolina stays in this game, if Carolina has a lead, Ronald Jones is going to be terrible. The thing you're hoping for for Ronald Jones is Tampa comes out and puts up a big number early, and then he gets an opportunity to be their lead ball carrier. That's the only thing I could see for Ronald Jones making him a safe start. So he's better in non-PPR than PPR. If he scores, you'll be fine. He scored against them in week two. But remember, week two was Leonard Fournette's best game of the season. Right. I was going to bring that up if you didn't. Fournette came into that game and ended up balling out, and he's been basically missing ever since. There, I, I do like that Rojo started last week for Tampa Bay and that when they did get inside the 10, he was the one on the field. He even got a goal on carry. It was, it was his first short yardage carry that he didn't convert all year. He's been 46 total yards or less in his past three games. Yep. That, that gotta, both guys are healthy. That both it, guys are it, healthy. Is, it is 100% related to game flow. I don't think you can feel comfortable starting him in general but you can't do it in PPR. Like Fournette, you've got to start ahead of Rojo in PPR. What about with the wide receivers? Though? That's that's what I... They're behind most of them. Would you yeah, start Antonio I Brown? I don't even know if I can make the case for Antonio Brown behind either of those running backs. I would not play Brown over those two guys just based on what the touches should be, and I'd probably still play DJ Moore over those two guys. So oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so you're saying you go DJ Moore, Bucks running backs, Antonio Brown? Yes. All right. Gronkowski's like but I'd top play Fournette six. over more. I like Fournette better. Okay. Gronkowski's top six tight end, and I think that... Oh, Brady, I'm sorry. How about Tom Brady, guys? Starter sit Tom Brady. I'd go right back to him. Top I, 10. Yeah, I think the, you just look at it like... Uh, I know, again, the last time they ran all over the Panthers, um, they could maybe do that again, but this is a you know get-right game if there ever is one for him. Okay, Brady or Goff? I have Brady higher. Uh, Goff. Just more upside. Next game, San Francisco at New Orleans. Uh, hold on, Brady or Lamar Jackson? Brady. Uh, Lamar. 
Next game, San Francisco at New Orleans. Stat of the game. I, I want to talk about the contrast here at what you should what you see offensively versus defensively. The Saints see the fourth fewest wide receiver targets in the NFL, but they allow the fourth most yards per catch. And teams throw deep on the Saints, okay? Fifth highest A dot, basically. Area uh, you know, per per target, fifth highest air yards. Um San Francisco, on the other hand, short area passing, they lead the NFL in yards after catch per completion. So this will be an interesting, uh, I don't know, interesting stylistic game here, the meshing of, of uh, the San Francisco offense versus the New Orleans defense. Um, and then there's I like this. how you're trying to make this game sound interesting. I think that is interesting because, you know, like Nick Mullins is going to probably, he's pretty efficient. I'm not saying to start him or anything, but he'll, like he can he can move the ball down the field, but it's because of Kyle Shanahan. Uh, so anyway, there's this. There have only been this is weird. Only been seven wide receivers with more than six targets against the Saints, and only one wide receiver with more than eight targets. But all seven wide receivers that had more than six targets had 73 yards or a touchdown against the Saints. Brandon Ayuk has had eight or more targets in two of three games without Debo Samuel and seven or more targets in two straight games. So, I don't know. I feel like we haven't said his name once this week, but is Brandon Ayuk a must-start? He's a borderline must-start. Yeah, yeah I right? Think he's, he's, he's in I a think so. spot. Um, you know, it's just a matter of... Uh, most of those, most of that production, though, came with Garoppolo. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see how he but adjusts. We'll I, I, I would be stunned if they used him any differently. Oh, I'm not talking about usage. I'm just talking about, you know, rapport and, and how the connection will go. Sure. Uh, so there you, might be one or saw, two fewer catchable passes from you, Mullins, but I still think the opportunity is going to be there for him. Yeah, you just you just saw the number one receiver for San Francisco have a monster game against the Packers. You know, it's 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 Kyle Shannon. You said it, you know, and so I use some much better talent than Richie James. It's a matter of, you know, will the tight ends be better with Jordan Reed having more practice time and, and hopefully healthy? Um, how much are they going to put their attention in terms of the Saints on taking away Brandon Ayuk um, without you know, Debo Samuel, he's not expected to play. How much does Richie James, you know, earn a bigger role and a bigger piece of the target share based on his performance against the Packers? So they're still going to try and run. You know, it's probably not going to be successful. Uh, McKinnon's going to be involved in the passing game, you know, so whatever his uh, level is. You know, and the Saints have allowed, I think, like three of the last four, four of the last five are running back to catch five or more passes. So, yeah. you know, that, that's kind of where he's going to have to make his production, even though he scored two straight on the ground. So let me ask you this, guys. Who would you rather start, Ayuk or McKinnon? Ayuk. Ayuk. And those are the only two 49ers you're considering? Without a doubt. Okay. It wouldn't surprise me if Reed or Dwelly has a good game just because of what the tight ends do in this offense, but you can't trust it until you see it from Reed. Yeah. And actually, the Saints, they are really bad against tight ends for the season, but they've gotten a lot better. In their last five games, no tight end is more than 31 yards, and that includes Hunter Henry, Jimmy Graham, Rob Gronkowski, TJ Hawkinson, none of them more than 31 yards. Uh, I'm hoping that the Saints defense can kind of build off last week just just from a football perspective because you know they're a real contender if they get their defense right they're my favorite dfs defense because they're not priced in the top three okay and then for the saints drew Brees or tom brady Brees, brady dave really likes brady we like Brees a lot though right top 10 yeah back home after what he's been doing on the road and michael thomas is gonna go nuts this week uh oh is he okay start alvin Kamara. it's not a great matchup for Kamara, so he's the most expensive running back at least on FanDuel, probably on DraftKings, so you can you know, do with that what you will. I think actually know. McCaffrey's still the most expensive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but, 
You're obviously starting him. Okay, so then, uh, why don't Dave? Let me give you the first word. Your thoughts on Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders and anyone else? Well, I'm I'm still waiting to see Michael Thomas play amazing this year. He he wasn't great in week one, and and maybe he was knocking off Russ last week, and he comes out this week and he plays well against the 49ers. You're still going to start him. I've dialed back expectations a little bit. I'm not expecting him to play like a top five guy, but you know that the potential is still there. Sanders, touchdown or bust, it feels like to me. Don't think you can trust him as anything more than a flex. Okay. And obviously everybody's going to start Michael Thomas, but Jamie seems to be quite confident. He has him six spots higher than Dave does. Dave, Dave has Thomas 17th. Jamie has him actually ninth in PPR, 11th in non-PPR. And yeah, I mean, the Niners have been kind of shredded the last two weeks against great competition, Seattle and Green Bay. Six touchdowns to wide receivers in those two games. And we shall see if the uh, if they can keep it going. So I mentioned, like, uh, if the Saints can keep it going. I mentioned um, Josh Reynolds and Danny Amendola. It, is Emmanuel Sanders ahead of them? Uh, give me the names again. Amendola, yes. And Josh he's Reynolds. Amendola. Yeah, I guess. Okay. So he's not quite in the... I'm desperate for... Like, what about, like, Rashard Higgins or Emmanuel Sanders? You can make the case for Higgins in PPR, provided that the wind isn't bad. Do we lose Jamie? If the Jamie? wind's terrible, then you're going to go with Sanders. Okay, we lost Jamie. How about Emmanuel Sanders or Jarek McKinnon? I think I would trust McKinnon. More touches, certainly going to play. He played 74% of the snaps last week, 85% of the snaps in the first quarter. I think I think McKinnon has an opportunity to have a decent PPR game. All right, what do you think about Jared Cook? You got him top 10, just barely. So does Jamie. Heath has Cook about 14th. So, you know, that's in, that's probably within the same range in terms of tight ends. But what do you he's, think about Cook? He's, he's scored in three of his past four, nearly had another one on Monday Night Football, but he fumbled near the goal line. 49ers have only allowed two touchdowns to a tight end all year. Both were inside the three-yard line. And I think that that's – you're starting him because of the touchdown upside. Cook or Graham? I believe I have, I, I'm sure I have Cook ranked higher, certainly in non-PPR than full PPR. Okay, Cook or Gronk? Gronk. Cook or Hooper? Hooper. Okay. I'm, I'm buying into Austin Hooper. And you know what? If the wind is, is rough there, the, the short area targets shouldn't be affected too badly by it. Right. I mean, that's what we're hoping for. I mean, we don't know if the Browns are going to completely change their game plan to just run like crazy now that Nick Chubb's back. That would hurt Austin Hooper and his chances to get five catches. Okay, next game is Philadelphia at the Giants. We're going to take a quick break here on Fantasy Football today, see if we can get Jamie back in the fold. And uh, when we come back, Philadelphia Giants, and then Washington, Detroit, Minnesota, Chicago, Rams, Seahawks. We'll be right back. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. 
Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, big game in the NFC East. It might all be big games going forward with these lousy teams. Although a win by the Eagles this week would be pretty big for their chances. Philadelphia's at the Giants. Stat of the game. I, yeah, what? I can't wait to hear this one. What's the stat of the game? Do you see what it says in the notes or no? Oh, yeah. None. I, I could. I really could not come up with one stat of this game. <sighs> I mean, Usually when this happens, you come up with something like yeah. the Philadelphia cheesesteak was invented yeah. by Benjamin Franklin. And that's and the thing. Like It's always an Eagles game. It's always an Eagles game where I can't come up with a stat of the game. I'll tell you this. How about this? Oh, um, okay. You want me to give you one? Well, I'll tell you uh, that the the, the Giants ahead. have now gone seven straight games without allowing a 15 yard carry to a running back. You love that. Stat. That's a pretty. That's a really cool stat. That's a really cool stat. How about Philadelphia's allowed a touchdown to a tight end in each of their past four games? Oh, and Evan Ingram has what nine or more targets in three straight games? Eight yeah. or more targets? Mm-hmm. So I think we like Evan Ingram this week. I think you have to. The Giants have bought back into him, and he's rewarded them. So I I think that when you've got a tight end that's getting more than six targets per game, you have to give them some serious consideration. And he laid out for a touchdown last week against Washington. I feel like things are going to start to improve for him. Mm-hmm. And the Giants, like they had every reason in the world after that last game against Philadelphia. They had every reason in the world to to put him on the bench or minimize his role, and they did the exact opposite. Right. Yeah, and and he was going. If he had caught that ball, he would have had like seven catches for close to sixty-five yards, something like that, against Philadelphia. So Evan Ingram, uh, Jamie's back. Hi, Jamie. Yo, whose power goes out? It's twenty twenty. It just flashed. It was weird. Okay, it's weird. Well, I was wrong well, about that Philly stat. I don't know why I said that. I'm well, they, they, well I'll tell you what. They haven't been good against tight ends, so <laughs> don't worry. Who's your favorite tight end in this game, Jamie? Dallas Goddard. Big game coming for him. Okay. All right. Both both tight ends are in play here. Carson Wentz. Yes, he he had a he had a great fantasy game against the Giants. We all watched the game. It was a Thursday night. Did he play great? Well, it's kind of been the story of his season. He hasn't played great all year, but somehow he met, he's rushing a lot. He's on pace for 404 rushing yards and 10 rushing touchdowns. He is also on pace to be sacked 64 times. Starter sit Carson Wentz, Dave. I like him. I think you can start him. Jamie? Must start. Yep. Okay. Heath would disagree. Heath has him 16th. Dave and Jamie have him top 12. Uh, Breeze or Wentz? Breeze. I've got Breeze higher. Brady, Breeze, Wentz is how I have it ranked. Brady, Breeze, Wentz. Okay. Jamie, Wentz or Goff? Um, Goff. Dave, Wentz or Goff? Wentz. Oh. All right. Uh, those guys, you know, those the names that we just said are going to be in the like 8 to 12 range, basically. So, good starts there. Miles Sanders, you're starting him. He's top eight in both formats. Giants really struggle against pass-catching running backs. Do you think Boston Scott has earned a role? Because he he really did not have 
much of a role at all. He had five catches in five games with Miles Sanders. So he's a giant killer. He sure is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if Sanders is healthy, you've got to expect Sanders to get the overwhelming majority of work for Philadelphia. <laughs> this would be the think first about Boston time Scott. Boston Scott does not have a good game against them in two years. So we're not starting Boston Scott. We're not like not even a. I don't think you can desperation. Okay, uh, Jamie was laughing at me and another guy named Jamie talking about this game, getting excited, like yeah. Oh my god, these two <laughs> giant fans. We could be. We're gonna win the division. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you even want to win the division? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I would try and get the highest draft pick possible. Like they're not gonna get the number one pick, so the Giants aren't going anywhere, even if they make the playoffs. They're not gonna get the number one pick, so they might as well win some games. All right, let's talk about Travis Fulgham. Thomas playing better, by the way. He the whole is. offensive line is playing better. It is. It Gallman's is. been running well, and and I think the O line is a big part of it. I'm a Joe Judge believer, guys. All right, Travis Fulgham. Travis I told you what Prisco keeps saying. I think he's right. This is the next year's Dolphins. Well, yeah. Basically, yeah. All right, Fulgham, I, I don't think he saw a lot of James Bradbury last game because I believe Bradbury was mostly on Deshaun Jackson. Uh, his worst game, basically, other than Fulgham's first game against the Niners, but since then, his worst game was against the Giants. You know what it was? Five catches for 73 yards. So, uh, Dave, is Fulgham a must-start? I've got him as a must start. Big time target share still. If Alshon Jeffrey comes back, maybe that gives me some pause, but I still see him as the top target for Philadelphia. Fulgham or Godwin? Fulgham. Fulgham. It's just, it's so interesting to see what's going to happen here with this, you know, return of Jeffrey and, and Rager now two games back and Goddard two games back, you know. So I, I hope Fulgham still continues to be the guy that he was because he was awesome before their bye week, you know, just continuing to get targets. Um, you know, scoring touchdowns. He's been one of the best receivers of fantasy over, yeah. you know, the month of October. So hopefully November is still the same for him. And I'm not sure you were naming the players who are back, but did you say Miles Sanders? Because, you know, that could hurt Sanders too. As well. Yeah, yeah. True. All right. Uh, Goddard and Ingram are both. I actually don't know where you have both of them ranked. Are they both top, top 10? ten for me? Yeah, okay. both top 10. Top eight. It's, you know, it's hard to overlook what Ingram's targets have been, you know, 29 right. targets in three games. Um, he, he hasn't been great with those 29 targets, but you know, the fact that they're still leaning on him as much as they are. And let's face it, there's a very realistic scenario that Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate don't play. Uh, Tate's banged up. We know what the story's been for him, you know, so, um, not in favor with the coaching staff and now he's hurt. So he could yeah. sit out and take out hurt in practice, is, you know, injuries. So if Sterling Shepard there, I, I thought Sterling, I didn't realize Sterling Shepard was in jeopardy. I just figured I he's it was Jeopardy, but he's yeah, out. he's he's on the injury report. I don't think he's practiced two straight games. You know how fragile he's been, right? Yeah, but, but I think I feel like that's like an every week thing, you know, right? And Shepard Shepard has six catches in all four of his healthy games, six to eight catches. Yep, super safe PPR receiver. Is there any? Okay, so Ingram is a start. Is Shepard a start? And is is that it? And what about Gallman? Gallman's a borderline start. Yeah, I mean, look, it's hard to overlook the production. You just wish that it was much more of him and less of Alfred Morris. But there's still a realistic chance that Devontae Freeman plays. So you just got to take that right. to the wire. I mean, let's see what happens on Friday. If Freeman ends up practicing again on Friday and that there's no real injury risk, then he'll play, and that makes Gallman a risk. But I'm telling you, Gallman's looked pretty good the past couple of weeks, and uh, I could see him having a good opportunity. What he does with it against Philadelphia isn't necessarily guaranteed. He's probably in need of a touchdown. Or, you know, one of those well, rare games where he gets... Yeah, I know. He's, he's done that three straight games. But he had one of those games with five catches. I'd like it to see... It was the Philly game. It was when Freeman left. Yeah. Ever since Freeman's yeah, been gone right. completely, 
Since Freeman's been off the field completely, his catches have gone in the tank. Right, but it's not like Deion Lewis is getting a ton of catches. Just Daniel Jones has, right. hasn't been throwing to the running backs. And I okay, so Gallman Tate being out would theoretically help Gallman in that regard. Well, it didn't help him last week though. You're right. It in theory, and they but, were they, but they had their best game. running game of the season last week. So, but in theory, um, if if Freeman plays, I think like nobody's touching a Giants running back. Is my assumption. Uh, a thousand percent. You can't. Yeah. But but then when you start talking about like the Troy Main Popes and the Ahmeds of the world, you know, would you go with a Giants running back over them? Um, I mean, you certainly can. You know, it's it's just a matter. I think what you have on your roster, what you, who you want to drop. You know, I, I would probably want to still roster Devontae Freeman over those guys because you know at some point Gaskin's coming back. You know, at some point, you know, Eckler's going to return, especially the video he tweeted yesterday. Yeah. So. You know, Freeman is going to end up being the best Giants running back. I think if you just go based on what they, how they treated him, they didn't have to sign Devontae Freeman if they liked Wayne Gallman as much. You know, Gallman's a guy that they are using by default. Has he shown them something that is is maybe long term potentially? But you know, it's not like he's he he's he looks better than his stats show, but his stats are still what his stats are. Gallman. Okay, so what about how about Gallman or um, how about Gallman or Melvin Gordon? If Gallman. Freeman plays. It's Gordon. Everything is if Freeman's out. out. Everything is if Freeman's out. Then Gallman. Okay. Gallman or J.D. JD McKissick? Non-PPR Gallman, PPR McKissick. Okay. And sitting Slayton? Try to, as best you can. Yeah, unless, of course, Tate and Shepard are out. Okay. But even then, it's going to be one-on-one with Slay. Slayton's been gone. When when, uh, Shepard's been gone, Slayton's been fine. Slayton's been fine, only... Really, twice, maybe three times this year. He's honestly for like maybe seven or eight plays this year. Well, yeah, they just can't sync up. But uh, Philadelphia DSTs top five, Giants DSTs twenty third for Jamie. He's not feeling them. Sixth for Dave, ninth for Heath. Washington at Detroit. I gave you the stat of the game: Marvin Jones four touchdown catches in four games without Galladay or with Galladay leaving with an injury. That's more touchdown catches than the Washington football team has allowed all season long to wide receivers. So uh, you guys don't like like Wayne Gallman or Marvin Jones? I've got Gallman there. Gallman? Okay. Sid Alex Smith, start the running backs, Washington. So we, we ranked these running backs earlier. It was Gibson, Swift, McKissick, right? I have Swift higher. Then Gibson? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if we want to break down these matchups here. Swift. Okay. So Washington... In week three, they got run all over by Cleveland because that's what Cleveland does. Since then, there have only been two running backs that have scored double-digit non-PPR fantasy points against Washington and two running backs who have scored more than 10 PPR fantasy points against Washington. This just has not been easy, except last week, really, the Giants had a lot of success, which was surprising. Um, Gallman is one of those two. good defense. I mean, the problem with Swift is he still loses work to Peterson and Carrion Johnson, and so that's the frustrating aspect of it. He's, He's been productive. Um, since their bye week, you know, he's had two good games. The one game that he didn't, it was the Colts game. And their run defense is, you know, typically among the best in the NFL. So Swift is somebody I started the week. And I remember Adam, we were talking about this um, Tuesday night, I think it was. And you said Swift should be the start of the week. And I was, I was like, oh, it's interesting. And then I went and looked. I'm like, I, I can't do that against Washington. It's just, their, their I don't know why I said good. that. So he's, uh, it feels like he's safe though. Because he's giving you 12 PPR safe points 
in four of the past five. So you're, you're totally buying into this Washington defense that the Giants just ran well on. I'm not buying into this Washington defense and saying that Swift is safe. I'm buying into this Washington defense and saying they can make things uncomfortable for DeAndre Swift. If this was a better week for running back, Swift would not be in my top 24 because he's too, he's too risky based on the work that he loses to those other two guys. I think he's a good number two running back this week. I think if you have him, you're most likely starting him. I just don't expect him to have a good game. And I would take Gibson over him based on the matchup for both of these guys because the touches have been, for the most part, similar over the course of the season. Okay. Terry McLaurin is an absolute must-start. He is, I think, number two for Jamie, uh, number five in PPR, and he has seven or more targets in every game. Yeah, start Terry McLaurin. Um, Hawkinson, if he plays, is a must-start. Logan Thomas. Dave, you're the highest on Logan Thomas. You have him 12th. Just think he can score. Lions have allowed a bunch of touchdowns to tight ends lately. I think it's three in the past two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, they haven't yeah, really... They, they were yeah. horrible covering tight ends last week like it was a joke against Irv Smith right and they also gave up a, a receiving touchdown to Jack Doyle and a rushing touchdown to Trey Burton what anything else Matthew Stafford is a sit would you start Nick Foles or Matthew Stafford I have Foles there if Hawkinson's out Foles for sure okay and I think that's pretty much this game do anything else you want to say about Marvin Jones like Marvin Jones or Emmanuel Sanders Sanders Man, you guys are really down on Marvin Jones. I'm, he's just, it feels like he's so uninspiring. Yeah, but if, okay, if Hawkinson doesn't play, don't you have to it move changes him up? Things if Hawkinson doesn't play, but not by much. Okay. Okay, that's I, that I can't oh. get excited about him. I just can't do it. Detroit's DST is also in play. Seventh for Jamie, 11th for Dave, eighth for Heath. Minnesota at Chicago. Yeah, we talked about Jimmy Graham a little bit earlier. He's had three good matchups this year. I think just going back to the Lions defense, Alex Smith has played two games. I think he's been sacked eight times in those two games. No. Interesting. Uh, Jimmy Graham, three good matchups. He's had 60, he's had 55 yards and at least one touchdown in two of those three good matchups. And the Titans have just been so bad against tight ends. In their last three games, last four games, they've allowed three touchdowns to tight ends, 46 or more yards. three So, yeah, I know people like aren't excited to start Jimmy Graham, but if he's going to have a good week, it's going to be this week. Okay, don't start Kirk Cousins, even though this team is the most efficient team in the league, guys. But in yards per play. In yards per play. How many fantasy points does he get when Dalvin Cook runs at 80 yards for a touchdown? Well, I can Last tell you. Yeah, I can tell you. He's, he's had 25 or more fantasy points in four games. And in those four games, he's had more than 27 passes once. But I, you know, but it is Chicago. So. We had what three touchdowns last week? Yeah, on like twenty passes, twenty passes, mm-hmm. three touchdowns. So he's got thirty-four pass attempts in his last two games. One of them was the win game. But it's still, I mean, yeah. But if there's anyone who can break wind, it's <laughs> all right. Dalvin Cook, you're starting. <laughs> Feeling and Jefferson, you guys talked about them earlier, but let's talk about them again, Dave. Bears allow the third fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, and I can't figure out. I can't figure out if they're actually that good against wide receivers because they were against the Rams. Other than that, they didn't face Kenny Galladay. They didn't face Julio Jones. They didn't face Michael Thomas. Calvin Ridley had 100 yards. Mike Evans caught a touchdown. The Carolina wide receivers both did well. I can't tell if, if they're legit. So what do you think? Well, do you want to start with his track record when his running backs are doing well or his track record against Chicago? Oh. Or do you want to start with how the Bears have been against receivers this year? Because all three are against Adam Thielen. Well, that's the thing. The, the Bears against receivers, I just kind of said, 
on paper, they're great, but they've the also only three guys have scored on them this year. Yeah, but they they keep they keep missing great receiver. They they, they they've missed in terms of missed. I mean, those guys have been injured. Galladay, Julio Jones, and uh, Chris Godwin. But okay, wow, so so you don't think Calvin Ridley's that good? And he had a hundred yards. And Mike Evans caught a touchdown, and Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore both had good games. The only good wide receivers that struggled were the Rams guys, and maybe Corey Davis, if you want to count him, he had no catches. A.J. Brown, 100 yards and a touchdown. You know what I mean? Sure. It's volume and matchup. It's a bad combination. Right. So, he scored zero times in his past seven against Chicago, no more than 13 PPR points in any of those seven. And he has not given you 15 PPR points in 19 of his past 27 games where a Minnesota Vikings running back has gotten 15 PPR points. So I'll ask you, do you think Dalvin Cook gets 15 PPR points? I do. Okay. So then the odds are against Adam Thielen. Basically, one out of every three games, he comes through for 15 PPR points if his running back does as well. All righty. So would you guys start Jerry Judy if he plays over Thielen? Yes. Wow. Would you start? Because the Raiders, absolutely. Mike Evans over yes. Thielen. Yeah. Okay. Would you start Wayne Gallman? I feel like half the reason why people are starting Adam Thielen now is because of his name. Like, he, he has well, Adam, delivered some Adam is good a great games, name, Dave. Give people, it is. Give Adam's little credit. <laughs> it, it's just because of who he is, where you drafted him. And look, it can all, of course, it can all blow up in our faces because all it takes is just a, you know, a big play. But I don't think we've seen enough of it in this Vikings team. I, do you really think they're going to go into this match and say, okay, let's let's lay off a Dalvin Cook this game and let no, Cook Cousins throw it all over? Dave, the field. I don't, but. Uh, they, boy, just got bad news. What happened? Browns were informed a player has tested positive for COVID 19. They're shutting down the facility today. Oh, no. Yeah, but. That this happens a lot now, right? So we'll see. Right before a game, though, who knows? They're doing right. Their... The closer it is to the game that a facility gets shut down, the higher the likelihood that things can happen. Tuesday like... night's a great night for football. Hey, the wind might be better by then. Maybe. Okay. All right. So let's. They're, so... they're doing their contact tracing to see what's happening. Let's uh let's wrap up this game here. Everything that we've said about Adam Thielen, you guys feel worse about Justin Jefferson. You have Thielen ahead of him. So yep. would you start Wayne Gallman or or Adam Thielen? Gallman. Whoa! If that's a Freeman's out. Hard to do in PPR. I don't think you can do it in PPR, but you can in none. Okay, and then would uh, Antonio Brown or Justin Jefferson? Still Jefferson. Yeah, I think Jefferson is the right way to go. How about uh, how about Darnell Mooney or Justin Jefferson? Still Jefferson. Yep. Okay. No interest in a Bears running back. Allen Robinson's top 12. Jimmy Graham is a start this week. And Nick Foles is not that bad of an option. He has 39 or more pass attempts in every start he's made. Vikings allow the fifth most fantasy points to quarterbacks, seventh most yards per attempt. And the thing about the Vikings, they have really faced some very, very tough competition. Aaron Rodgers twice, Ryan Tanhill, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan. So maybe their numbers are inflated by the competition, but they're also extremely beat up in the secondary. And our last game is Seattle at the Rams. The stat of the game was about Daryl Henderson, 14 to 15 carries in each of his last three healthy games. There have been four running backs with 14 to 17 carries against the Seahawks, and three of them scored. Gurley, Zeke, and Cook. Kenyon Drake did not score. And those guys did not have... the ball. It's very frustrating. They didn't have good rush averages. Who doesn't catch the ball? Henderson? Henderson. Yeah. 
So, yeah, you need him to score. Hopefully he will. Russell Wilson, top five. Jared Goff, Jamie, he's your start of the week. Who would you start him over? Brady, Breeze, Wentz, uh, Cam. That's an easy one. Um, ben, Carr, Tua, Locke. I don't know how far you want me to go with this. Is there anything else we need to say about the Seahawks running backs? If Hyde plays, you start him. If it's DJ Dallas slash Travis Homer, you know, where's Dallas? Whoever running back, but not one that you can feel great in. He's got to score again. He's in that Gallman range. I would prefer Dallas to Gallman and non-PPR, but I would prefer Gallman and PPR, even though he can, they don't catch the ball. I guess no, I'd take Dallas and both. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like, what? Uh, yeah, start the wide receivers. If people are asking, do I start Tyler Lockett? You tell them what? Top five potential. Top 15. Yeah. So like the Rams allow the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. They got one of the best defenses in football, but you know, how good is that defense? They held all four NFC East teams to less than 20 points, which was a big accomplishment against Dallas in week one, 35 points allowed at Buffalo, 24 at San Francisco, 28 at Miami, but only 14 on offense. That was a weird game. Mm -hmm. And then on the other end... Okay, go ahead. Sorry. I I was just going to say on Lockett, I do like that he's given you at least 11 non-PPR points in three of the past four meetings against the Rams. Oh. So pretty good track record going in. If Ramsey is truly going to erase DK Metcalf, which I'm, I'm not willing to say that that's going to happen, I think it'll be a fascinating matchup to watch. But if, if that's where Ramsey's going to be, then sure, Lockett should get open pretty frequently. And some of their numbers are just inflated because of who they played. Who, the Seahawks Rams. or the Rams? Right. And uh, Daryl Henderson, I think we've spoken enough about. And uh, Robert, okay, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Where are they in your rankings? A uh, couple over Woods. Give him 21 targets again. That'd be nice. Please. Um, <laughs> that'd be amazing. Both guys are, you know, top 15. Okay. I'll take Woods over Cup just because he's a little bit more of a big play guy for them. But both of them are excellent starts because it's Seattle. Their secondary is a mess. They, Cup's uh, got a great history against the Seahawks. He does. It's true. He's got a touchdown in three of his past four against them. And, you know, it's been somewhat of a disappointing season. They've played eight games, and, and Robert Woods has 436 yards and four touchdowns on 54 targets. That's not a great 16-game pace, but he does have 108 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. Cup has 48 catches, 527 yards, two touchdowns on 71 targets. I mean, that's a huge workload. But uh, they've also had some tough matchups. Look at the last six games for the Rams wide receivers. At Buffalo, they're like ninth against wide receivers. The Giants are 21st. At Washington, they're second, I think. At San Francisco, I think they're 14th. Chicago is top three. The Dolphins are 19th, but we know they're better than that because they're, they, you know, when they're healthy and like they were two weeks ago, they're tough. So this is by far the easiest matchup for the, well, they had the Cowboys in week one. Since then, this is the by far the easiest matchup for the Rams wide receivers. And we hope to see a lot. And this is obviously, you're starting them in seasonal, but this is a DFS kind of spin on it. Sure. But that's also the whole argument for Goff. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's the, he's the one firing at him. Goff has averaged 331 passing yards per game in his last four against Seattle. They allow 29.2 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. It's just an absolutely insane scenario for Goff. Hopefully he doesn't poop the bed like he did against the Dolphins. But um, 
I don't think he's 61 pass attempts this week. <laughs> That'd yeah. be fantastic. Sure, he would fall into great production that way. The no, I don't, I, I don't know if this is, you know, what we saw last week. The Seahawks sacked Josh Allen seven times. Now, he holds the ball a little bit differently because, you know, what he tries to do with his legs. Yeah. yeah. So his first game with Carlos Dunlap, and their pass rush look better. So I agree. But this is, I, I think the Rams' offensive line can handle it. And I think Goff knows to get rid of the ball quickly. And I think the receivers can make plays after the catch. So seven sacks last week of Josh Allen. Well, the Rams have given up 10 sacks all season. They don't give up. They didn't. They led the NFL in that last year, even though they didn't have a good offensive right. line. They get the ball, the ball out quickly. Quick. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it for today's show. The Rams DST, you probably want to avoid this week, and you might want to drop them as they're at Tampa Bay next week. Plus, like, who's one, holding two the DSTs? The one thing, though, about that is Russell Wilson, two of his last three games, is multiple interceptions. So... Not that you're sitting Russell Wilson by any stretch, but no, I but I don't know how you can feel confident starting the Rams. And Adam's right; they're playing Tampa Bay next week. Yeah, I'm well, dropping them. The last time we saw Tampa them, play, the DSD was great against them. That's, yeah, that's true, true, but but it was I'm, dropping, the I'm dropping them for the Lions. So you know. yeah, I mean, you should drop them. I'm, yeah. I'm just I'm not saying that you should start them by any stretch, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they get some turnovers. All right, that's it for this Marathon Friday show. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. For Jamie and Dave, I am Adam. We'll talk to you on the mailbag. We'll talk to you on HQ, on Twitch. You know it all. Fantasy football today in five. Check that out as well. Great stats episode coming on Saturday with Jacob Gibbs. Have a great weekend. Good luck in week 10. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.